Help your customers find the perfect present this holiday season, their dream vacation. ALG Vacations is making it easy with giftable or gift yourself deals as part of their ALGV gives you more in 24 sale. Now through January 4th, 2024, they're piling on the offers like a stack of presents, instant savings and air credits, major hotel discounts worldwide, a paid in full bonus, all to give your clients more reasons to book with you and more travels to look forward to in 2024. The travel window goes all the way through December 15th, 2024, so plan ahead and spontaneous travelers alike can say their season's greetings to their wishlist Europe trip, beach getaway, or city escape. We're talking more more though, right? So ALGV is giving travel advisors a bonus commission on every booking. Plus, since you earn waves points too, you can even cash in your rewards to treat yourself just in time for the holidays. Visit algvacations.com slash gives you more for details. Hi, Trade Secrets listeners. It's Jamie here. As you might recall from the last episode, Emma and I are taking a little break for the holidays, but the remainder of season four will be coming your way in the new year. In the meantime, I wanted to share a few of Travel Weekly and Travel Age West's other podcasts with you. This week, I've got an episode of The Last Resort for your listening pleasure. On The Last Resort, Christina Jelski, our hotels editor, chats with travel advisors who share their impressions of the last resort they visited. It's a great show, and I hope you enjoy. Christina Jelski, and this is The Last Resort, a podcast from Travel Weekly where we invite travel advisors to share their first impressions of the last resort they visited. On today's episode, we're talking to an advisor as well as Travel Weekly's managing editor about their recent visits to the one hotel Hanalei Bay on the Hawaiian island of Kauai. Located along Kauai's North Shore, the one hotel Hanalei Bay is a revamp of the former St. Regis Princeville. The 252-room resort opened this past March after a $300 million renovation, and it's the ninth hotel to open under SH Hotels and Resorts' eco-conscious One Hotels flag in North America. And now that we've talked background, let's bring on our two guests. Sarah and Rebecca, I'll let you two introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Sarah Lopez, travel advisor affiliated with SmartFlyer. And I'm Rebecca Tobin, the managing editor of Travel Weekly. And thank you to both of you for joining me. Uh, this is actually the first time we're heading to Hawaii with a last resort episode. So I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, I do feel like Hawaii is a pretty big bucket list destination for a lot of folks, especially Kauai. Um, I've been to Kauai, but it was before the one hotel ever opened. So I am not as familiar with the property as you two. I know, Sarah, you were there in the spring and Rebecca, you're pretty fresh off your trip. It was just in the past month, correct? Yes, I was there in August. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, as a bucket list type of destination, though, I imagine expectations tend to run a bit high when it comes to Hawaii trips. So did the two of you have high expectations? And did your first impressions of the property kind of meet those expectations? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations myself. I We were very excited to go to Hawaii. As you say, it's a bucket list destination. And this trip actually was supposed to take place in 
2020. So it's, we kind of had a three year lag on the trip. So by the time we actually got on the plane to Lahui, you know, it was kind of like, I can't believe this is actually happening. So I didn't really think so much about the hotel until we pulled up into Princeville. So Princeville is a planned community uh, near Hanalei. You end up sort of driving through Princeville for a good few minutes before you get to the resort. And the when you get there, you sort of end up, you have to go through like a, a gatehouse to get to it. And then you end up in the Pococher and it's just stunning. Greenery everywhere and a lot of open space. It, it's, um, and Sarah, you know, it's been a while for you, but maybe you had this, a similar impression or? Yes. As soon as you drive through, the community is beautifully manicured. There's golf courses around you. Everything's just Kauai in general is just such a lush island, and I had never been there before, so I was really excited to see it. But as soon as you pull into the one hotel, you just have this feeling that it wasn't just this hotel that was built up to be rooms planted on the beach. It was meant to feel like it was part of the environment. There was plants everywhere, trees grown. It just feels very on brand for one hotel as far as the eco-conscious were part of the environment I was blown away I thought it was absolutely beautiful for the moment I walked in I don't think this has happened at any other hotel that I've stayed in when you are in the kind of the valet parking area they actually have hanging basket chairs and yeah. my kids actually went back out to, <laughs> to the valet area just so they could hang out on the on the swings. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's pretty rare that a valley area would actually be, you know, a, a focal point in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But that's what you got when when you when you go there. To Sarah's point, the the way the hotel is designed, you actually enter from the top of the resort and then it cascades down to the to the shoreline. So there's no big building that you're looking at. There's no tower. It's it's very it's it's almost hidden in a way when you when you arrive. I just spoke yesterday with a woman who works on property and she was telling me that one of the things that one did during its uh revamp after it was the St. Regis, it, there was an interim period where the hotel's name was uh, it was called the Princeville Resort okay, before it was yeah. rebranded to the to the one. Mm -hmm. and, but what what one was doing was bringing in a lot of um, native plants and a lot of native greenery. Anyway, when you're walking down this, you're walking down this path, and it's kind of green and lush. And then you get to the you kind of get to the end, and you turn. I mean, you can just see the bay. I mean, you start to see you start to see the. The landscape beyond the resort, um, and it's really kind of, it's really kind of breathtaking. Yeah, I mean, I've heard when people talk about Kauai, it's obviously a beautiful island, um, almost everywhere. But uh, the North Shore, in particular, uh, people tend to say that that is the most visually stunning part of Kauai. So, uh, Sarah, once you kind of walked walked through the entry and had a moment to digest, what were your feelings? It felt like you were in Kauai. It didn't mm -hmm. feel like you were in another hotel. It it became part of its location and and all the little touches along the way. So you stop by and you check in and it's, it's a very comforting check-in and next to it is like a little farm stand where you can grab some fresh local fruit and you just, you see the ocean right away, but it's not the first thing that you notice when you're walking down. You see the restaurants, you see the living plant wall that's off to the side. It was just so much more than I thought it would be. 
you're not walking into a building. You're kind of just walking into more outdoor space. That's just kind of like a, it's like an outdoor living room almost. All open air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is all part of the one redesign. Um, I, I It was not like, it's different than if you went, okay, let me put it this way. And I wasn't there. Uh, Sarah, did you ever go to the hotel when it was a pr- St. Regis? I did not. Okay. No. Um, I didn't either, but my understanding is that if you did go to this property when it was a St. Regis, it is completely different now as a one. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the sense I get as well. Um, just based on how they've described the renovation and reimagining and yeah, lots been on landscaping as well, which I think lends a very dramatic shift to everything. Uh, and then Sarah, I would love to jump in on sort of the nitty gritty. I mean, what were some of the top highlights as you explored your room and, you know, started to experience some of the resort? I love how when you walk into the one hotel, um, everything is dimly lit and it just kind of feels warm and cozy and earthy. So when you walk into your rooms, lights are intentionally dimly lit. It doesn't have this beachy vibe. It feels um, more earthy, neutral tones, lots of space, big windows that just looked out onto either the garden or the ocean. I just thought the rooms, every thing that they could think of, there was just a lot of time spent in the little details you know, down to the water bottles that were placed in your room, but also the place where you could get the fresh spring water, not necessarily out of the faucet, but just right there for your bottle water to fill up was just those simple little touches that the one hotel does is amazing. And what was your take, Rebecca, on the room and some of the initial touch points that you experienced? So one of the things that sort of surprised me about the room that I had, and I know that there's, I mean, like any resort, any hotel, there's different categories of room. So if you're staying in a suite, it's going to be a lot different from when you're staying, you know, on the 10th floor versus the second floor versus the fifth. And one of the things that kind of surprised me about our room is that we didn't have a balcony, but the windows themselves opened. So I've heard this described other places as sort of bringing your balcony sort of into your room. So there was a day bed that was in front of the um, in front of the window, and then you had the window that could open. And when you looked out of the window, uh, all of the the rooms are facing, I think all of them are uh, facing the water. So I think that was probably one of the best views. I don't don't think you can have a bad view when you're in Hawaii, actually. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make comparisons because anytime you go to any luxury property in Hawaii and you step out on the lanai you open the curtains, you open the door, whatever it is, it's going to be amazing no matter what, I think. But the one's position right there on Hanalei Bay is pretty special. And so the window just frames that. And you can watch, you know, the surfers who are just kind of rolling in on the waves there. So did either of you also get to experience some of the amenities, be it food or drink, spa, fitness? I mean, what were some of the highlights when it came to kind of the bells and whistles that the resort has to offer. So it felt like a wellness retreat without being an in-your-face wellness retreat. It just, um, there was 
little things around every corner where you could get some fresh juice or downstairs as a fitness center, but it wasn't, it was kind of hidden down the stairs, but then it opened up and there's beautiful classes that are offered that are very unique. You could take a sound bath one day. Maybe you wanted to do some individual crystal healing. Obviously they offer yoga, but the fitness studio itself was stunning. It was really massive. And that, that to me is how the one hotel incorporates wellness. So it's not just about your spa services, but it is about, um, you know, rejuvenating yourself, maybe on a rainy, cozy day, you want to go down and take a great workout or a fun class and finish with a fresh juice. Um, Everything was just clean. The staff was friendly. The spa had some very unique treatments that I'd never seen on a spa menu before, but then you also had the incredible massages and, just the beautiful facilities. I'll talk a little bit about food because the first thing that we did after we checked in was go to dinner at Wilena, which is one of their showcase restaurants. The one has, I, I would say, two primary restaurants in the main section of the of the um, of the resort, and then of course they have, like most resorts do, they have like a a, a poolside eatery, a poolside restaurant. Um, but Wilena is pretty cool in the way that it's laid out. And it I would recommend anybody who's going to make reservations for their sunset sort of this ritual. They have a a, dan- a a woman who does a hula as the sun is setting. And you have a front row seat to a Kauai sunset in that restaurant. And the food is also really good. It's, um, what would you say, uh, Sarah, is it? Was Japanese fusion sort of cover it or what would you say? Definitely Japanese fusion. We had um, probably some of the best sushi that I've ever had in my life. At that it was restaurant. pretty good. I was, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And just the live entertainment. Like you said, they have the hula dancers at sunset. They usually bring in um, a local artist that will play guitar and sing. Um, it was a, that was a really great experience. Something special. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other restaurant that's in the property, One Kitchen, is um, sort of the more farm-to-table restaurant. And that also doubles as their their breakfast buffet area in the mornings. One other thing I liked about Wilena, and um, the hotel was pretty good about this, I think, was repurposing the space. So a lot of times, you know, you'll have like a restaurant, but it doesn't open until four or something like that. But the way that space kind of doubles as just a, a lounge during the day, and they have a coffee station that's set up in the morning, So a lot of guests will, you know, just go hang out. The good news is, okay, so you don't have reservations at Willana, you know, you, you didn't book it. That's okay, because you can still use the space, you can still get a lot out of it. The one kitchen opens up to the, um, the adults only uh, pool area, which we should definitely talk about. And Sarah, any other culinary highlights for you or any memorable meals? Um, we really did have an incredible meal at the, the one kitchen. They have a garden on site. So everything just, you can tell everything's just very fresh and local. Um, the cocktails are handcrafted cocktails. You just can tell that they have taken pride in what they've put on the menu and the offerings that they have. One of the things that stood out to me was Neighbors, the cafe. I'm not a huge bagel fan, but I had one of the most incredible bagels I've ever had in my entire life. And it was amazing. So, And they pull from these locally sourced 
vendors, right? So if there's a store in town that I think the ice cream came from somewhere in town and they've just, they've done a good job of obviously things are, are baked and cooked on site, but they pull in other vendors that are local and you get that feel there. So you've got some really special products in this fun little cafe that you can go hang out and have a cup of coffee and maybe do a little work if you need to. And we saw a lot of people in there just hanging out for a while. I didn't really go into it. And so I can't speak to their bagels. Sorry, New Yorkers. <laughs> can't say anything about it. We'll have to take Sarah's word for it. But um, <laughs> that's all I was going to say about that. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with this episode of The Last Resort. Kindness is how we show we care. And care is at the core of ALG Vacations values. ALGV believes there's no better way to uphold that than through kindness, reinforcing that vision through three pillars of action, kindness to ourselves through professional development, wellness, and self-care, kindness to others by paying it forward and giving back to the people and places who need it most, and kindness in travel with passion and respect for destinations, different cultures, and our colleagues. Join ALG Vacations as they strive toward kindness and the true north they want to establish for our industry. Learn more at ALGVacations.com. Com. All right, everybody, we are back. Please keep enjoying this episode of The Last Resort with Christina Jelski. Well, it sounds like both of you had amazing stays, but I was curious. I mean, this is still a relatively new property. Was there anything sort of any kinks that you could tell were still being worked out or things that might have felt slightly short of your expectations while you were there? I have to say for a new hotel, I was really impressed with how well they were already doing. I think I had, I think it was maybe about a month after they had opened up that I had arrived. So I had expected a few kinks. Um, but as far as staffing, I felt like there was plenty as far as food offerings and availability, there was still a little bit of construction going on when I was there. Um, but I didn't really notice it because there are so many different places to hang out in the hotel. You're just not really disrupted. Mm -hmm. I, I can't really critique that because even looking back and as an agent, that's kind of my job to look at and go, Oh, they kind of fell a little short here. Hopefully that will get better. And I don't remember feeling that way when I left the resort. Good to know. Uh, Rebecca, what about you? So my stay was very unusual because I checked into the hotel uh, in mid-August and the Maui wildfires had just broken out. And so it was just uh, a very, you know, it was a, it was a very hard time for Hawaii in general. It mm -hmm. still, I'm um, still is, but one of the uh, hiccups in our travels, and it sort of surprised me from the one was that when we arrived at uh, in the afternoon around after four o'clock, our room wasn't ready. And so after um, after we uh, checked out, I, I mentioned it to my contacts at the hotel and they sent a statement to me that I can just share a little bit of. And it says, as a result of the Maui wildfires, our team worked diligently to accommodate numerous reservation changes and new booking requests from both house guests and destination visitors who had their travel plans impacted and disrupted during that week, uh, which included extended stays, new reservations, internal room changes, 
And as a result, uh, they did have some rooms that were not ready for check-in at the time. So after hearing that, it makes perfect sense. And I would say that I, I can't say that anything like that would have happened at any other time. You know, Christina and I actually just did a story talking about how um, Oahu uh, hotels, because we had data for Oahu, for the island of Oahu, were up significantly during that week as, you know, people displaced from Maui moved to the neighboring islands. Um, so that was my experience at the hotel, but I can't say that it's anything that would be replicated on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would also love to transition into kind of the aftermath of the, of the Maui wildfires. I mean, obviously, Hawaii is still grappling with with the impacts of, you know, that devastating event and Maui and, you know, Maui's tourism representatives, their lodging representatives have come out and said, you know, the rest of Maui is open outside of the directly impacted areas. But I was curious, I mean, Sarah, have you noticed any impact even to Hawaii as a whole in terms of people booking or maybe planning things a bit differently as it relates to Hawaii now? So being on the West Coast, obviously, Hawaii is a very popular destination for my clientele. Um, I've been surprised as kind of the last minute festive bookings are coming in that there's not a lot of requests for Hawaii. So I have a meeting tomorrow with some of my hotel partners actually on Maui just to kind of discuss what's happening and to to kind of find out how they're handling the tourism and, and what their expectations are. And obviously as an advisor, we don't want to send people unless they're they're ready for it. We don't want to add impact to an area that has been so heavily devastated, but they also rely on tourism. So we want to encourage our clients to still go there and to visit the other neighboring islands. It's such a beautiful, special place. And I think that people will feel comfortable going, um, but I have seen a bit of an adjustment. And so I'm just curious how long that will stay. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. And just to clarify, so you've seen a shift in not just travelers going to Maui, but Hawaii in general, even other islands. Has there been a bit of a sort of, you know, cascading effect here? I almost wonder a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's just maybe not because of the wildfires and just what clients are requesting at the moment, but I, Hawaii is a destination that is frequently requested. And as of the past couple of weeks, I haven't had as much interest. And so I think after speaking to hotel partners and stuff tomorrow, I may, if they're comfortable, you know, start to encourage the travel. They need that. They rely on the tourism and, and especially the other islands, they're, they're fine. They're not impacted. So I'm hoping to see that resume as normal. Mm-hmm. We actually had clients in Maui at the time and they were in Waialea. So they, they were said they were fine and they, they were, they were not impacted. They were feeling horrible with everything that was going on, but they stayed in Maui until their trip was over. And then clients that were leaving um, two days after the fire started, we had to change them and they headed over to Oahu. So I think Oahu was a big one that people ended up pivoting and shifting over to just the neighboring islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My trip in August was to Kauai and to Oahu. And I always feel a little awkward saying things like 
it's normal, and I'm using air quotes at the time, um, but for visitors, as you say, for visitors who are not in directly impacted areas of Maui, there isn't anything um, different about the the um, the product, or there's not anything different about the experience. And so, if people are concerned about visiting Hawaii in general, uh, and not just to Maui, but in general, I I would say go just you know. <laughs> um, but of course, everyone has their own you know comfort level and thoughts about these things. So. Um, yeah, and it really makes sense for it to impact the other islands, you know, as far as we know, as travel advisors, it's business as usual. Aside from that one, um, you know, small delay in our trip, there wasn't anything else that happened. Even, even like I said, even once we got into the hotel um, and you could see that there were, you know, that it was busy it it didn't it didn't have any any direct impact on what we were able to do i mean my daughter and i went kayaking up the hanalei river um we had our pick of you know beach chairs um at the pool I'm get, sorry i'm getting back to the product part of the one um which the the pool itself is definitely worth checking out and i you know we we had some business with the concierge and um, I, there were people who were sitting there at various points during the day booking excursions throughout Kauai, you know, uh, as you would at any other time at any other place. So um, it, there certainly wasn't any impact on what visitors could do once they were there. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca, I know you did mention earlier the pool is something you want to talk about, specifically okay. this adults only pool. So, so. Um, Sarah, you're smiling a little bit as well. So maybe you could chime in on this. But what is so amazing about pool, the pools there in general and then specifically this adults only pool pool area? Well, I have kids. So going to the adults only pool is a treat for me because it means that the kids are doing something else and um, I can kind of get some time to myself. I would say of all the properties that we stayed at in Hawaii minus one, the adults only pool is an infinity pool with a tremendous view. Like that's just, that's sort of the, that's like the baseline yeah. for most resorts. Like mm-hmm. you gotta have an infinity pool with a great view. And if you're an adult, you can take advantage. And I strongly urge all you adults to take advantage whenever you find yourself with an infinity pool that you can use without your kids. And um, okay, so Sarah, so having having laid the scene for that, what would you say about the adults only area at the one? I thought the view was incredible. And mm-hmm. the restaurant right there, it, the pools are beautiful because it just opens up right into the bay. I actually ended up spending more time on the beach and I, I generally tend to stay by the pool, but because the beach was so beautiful and the bay and the water was so inviting, I ended up walking down and, and staying there most of the time if we were on the beach and not out exploring. Um, but the, the pools were stunning. I just thought the whole property did such a great job of just opening up into nature and you feel like you're part of the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just went back and looked at some of the photos that I took to sort of refresh my memory on it. And, you know, you kind of get that time during the day it's that like not quite magic hour, but like getting close to it and you've got the sky and the mountains and then you have the same thing basically reflected in the water. So, you, you know, it's just sort of like a double vision of things and it it's very peaceful. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, 
you know, every, every property has its own layout and where they can place the, um, you know, sort of the adults area versus the kids area versus anything else, restaurants and um, activities. And as Sarah said, the beach area is further down. So it's all terraced, right? So the adults pool is um, closer to the main building area and close to the one kitchen and then when you kind of walk down, you get to um, a larger swimming pool area where they have multiple pools, um, one that's really great for like kids and and beginning swimmers and one that's huge and, and great for everybody. And then you go down a little bit further and you get to the beach area where they have um, amenities like paddle boards and the kayaks that I mentioned. So when you're at the, so going back up, when you're at the adults pool, you kind of have the view of everything, you know, you can kind of see it all and like, just kind of put your elbows and your drink if you want one, you know, kind of close by and sort of just survey the scene, just drink it in, um, feel very relaxed. Um, Sarah was right. You feel very connected with the environment. You know, it's all sort of part of a whole, which is great. Um, I think it's hard to kind of capture that and to, and to feel like you're part of the surroundings. But the way that this is set up, it's it's easy to do that. You just you kind of feel you just feel very. I'm gonna say chill because that just maybe that's not the right word. But it it's oh, I think very, that's the right word. That's right, right. Chill. I feel very. <laughs> right, I felt chill. You feel so relaxed. You don't <laughs> want to do a whole lot when you're there. <laughs> you can adventure, but you just you kind of immediately when you you step on the grounds, you just feel relaxed and kind of get into the. Aloha spirit, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. You're on their time, right? Island time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Sarah, I mean, this question is really for you. And, and you mentioned, you know, you might be getting to a point where you're going to start encouraging, you know, some of your clients to to head to Hawaii soon. Um, how would you market this particular property to your clients? And um, how would you kind of qualify which clients are the right fit for the one hotel, Hanalei Bay? Um, I've already sent a handful of clients there and they have loved it. Um, two couples have gone there already. I see girls trips, um, couples. I think you could do families. I saw families there. Rebecca was traveling with her family. Um, I think that maybe the kids would need to be a little bit older because it is, it is a property that, um, there's plenty to do, but it's more relaxing, and peaceful, I would say. Um, so I think I would gear it more towards like couples and girls trips. That would be the clientele that I would send to one hotel, Honolulu Bay. That I makes cer- sense. Yeah, I can certainly see those groups really enjoying and getting into a lot of what the property has to offer. From the kids' perspective, they do have um, a kids' pro kids' project. It's called Seedlings. The hotel's manager of Hawaiian culture is actually now, just as of now, heading up the Seedlings program, uh, which I think is great because, like my daughter, when they were kind of reviewing the day's activities, um, you know, you can kind of like custom build a, a traditional canoe, and kids love that kind of stuff. They love kind. Of, they're so it's so easy to get them into the culture. And um, and nature exploration, science of places, you know, they're just naturally curious about this kind of stuff. So, um, so I think that's a, I think it's a great move for the hotel. As far as the, the only thing I would say about the kids part is that um, Willana, for example, which we already talked about how it had amazing food, but if your kids aren't super adventurous and they don't like sushi and stuff like that, 
then we had to, we ordered some, um, we ordered pasta from the one kitchen for them for dinner. So, you know, but I mean, that's anywhere, right? Like you take your kids someplace to an amazing restaurant and they just want a cheeseburger. Like that's just my kids. Maybe I like so many, that's a lot of kids. Okay. (laughs) I'm like chicken fingers. Fine. You know, so, (laughs) but, but maybe again, if your kid's a little bit older, like my older daughter, who's a teenager, she and I did a lot of more active type stuff. And she really wanted to do the stand up paddleboard. Um, just the, the sea was a little rough for that when she wanted to do it. So we ended up doing the kayaking thing. Instead, we were seeing uh, sea turtles like under the kayak, just, you know, 30 feet, um, from the shoreline, which was super cool. Um, I do think they have a surfing program there, like many resorts. I should just double check on that. But there's a lot of active stuff for, for older kids. And then if your younger kids are good going into the seedlings program, then, um, then it's a win-win. So, um, I can see it's not a, it's not like, uh, it's not as family friendly as say the, um, Disney's Alawani, for example, but that's like a completely different type of experience. Yeah. And a different Island. Yeah. Um, Uh, is Rebecca seedlings, is that like a physical kids club space or that's just kind of a program that floats around the hotel? No, it's like, it's a good question. It's a physical space. It's right behind the swimming pools. So, um, the other thing I was going to say that's nice about the way the one is set up is that, and I think Sarah touched on this, is that it has um, a very robust wellness programming. And I know you said you wanted to say something about the spa, so I'm hopeful that we can kind of do that too. Um, but if your partner or your kids or your friend or your parents or whomever you're traveling with isn't into like the wellness journey hardcore, the hotel has other options for them too. So it's not it's not like I hit your, you know, hit, hit you over the head kind of wellness. It's, it's, um, it's there if you want it. It's, it's, it's a great space. They have plenty of programming, but it's not the be all and end all of the hotel. So if you just want to lay on the beach and like drink a Mai Tai or like whatever, you can do that and no one's going to, you know, give you the look. Yeah. That's sort of my type of wellness. So (laughs) wellness, it's, it's subtle. It's there, it's offered, but you don't don't feel guilty. No. And by the way, Christina, you and I have done plenty of wellness stories where people will Mm -hmm. say wellness is, is for you. It's what you make of it. So I'm with you. If my time means I feel rejuvenated, then that is where I'm going to go. So (laughs) Um, and then Sarah, yeah, circling back to the spa, was there anything you wanted to add to your, uh, you know, when talking about your spa experience or anything that was especially uh, unique about the spa there? I think um, I had one of the best massages that I've ever had at that spa. I just nice. ended up getting a really great massage therapist who um, was kind of more intuitive and a healer. Any other highlights uh, that we didn't uh, get a chance to dive into yet? I loved the complimentary Audi e-trons. Oh, did you get a chance to use that? I did not get a chance to do it. So great that they offer that because it's a fun island to just go drive around and explore and it's easy. And a lot of times you don't necessarily want to rent the car at the airport and take it for the entire state. Maybe you're only going to be leaving the hotel for a day or two. So I think that that's a great offering and they don't have resort fees. So they have all these extras included, but at no additional cost to you, which is, you know, definitely rare these days. Yeah, oh, I, definitely. That's great. 
Yeah, we're always talking about resort fees and all the backlash around that. So it's always refreshing to hear that a property uh, has decided not to do that and just oh. include everything in the price. <laughs> Um, one of the classes that I took at the resort is um, was a, a a mixology class, and it was called the Perfect Mai Tai, which you are going to read about in Travel Weekly shortly. But um, it really wasn't about; it was more of about the history of the Mai Tai and um, our very awesome and chill uh, host. His name is Johnny. He is known, just you know, he's he's a known he's a known person at the at the uh, at the bar. But he kind of walked, I guess there's probably about a dozen of us, walked us through about four different types of Mai Tais that had been developed throughout the years. And then we all got to taste them. So by the end, people were having a very good time <laughs> indeed. Um, all in the name of wellness. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, well, know. again, let's get exactly. Um, <laughs> but I, I, my understanding is that the mixology classes are very popular, not just that one, but they have several. Um, so that's something for people to keep in mind that, you know, if you peruse the activities ahead of time and there's something that you're really interested in doing, the mm -hmm. hotels does offer a sign up kind of form online uh, for you so you can secure your spot and make sure you get everything. Because that's the other thing about about um, that kind of paradox of vacation. Right. So, like, you know, you're you're there to relax, but you also want to do everything that you want to do. So you kind of have mm -hmm. to make sure that you kind of marry both of those things where, you know, you're you're relaxing and not thinking about anything, but you're also yet not missing out on the things that you want the most. And mm -hmm. some of the, sometimes that does mean some pre-planning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, on that note, I think uh, we've almost hit our time limit here, but I wanted to say thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you, Christina. It was a lot of fun. And thank you to those of you listening in as well. If you enjoyed what you heard, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to The Last Resort. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our theme song is Beachfront Celebration by Kevin McLeon. And lastly, if you're a travel advisor fresh off a visit to a new or recently renovated resort and are interested in sharing your thoughts, you can reach out to me at thelastresort at travelweekly.com. I'd love to hear from you. Trade Secrets listeners, thanks so much for listening in today. Uh, just a quick reminder, Emma and I will be back with brand new episodes of Trade Secrets in the new year, so you won't be waiting too long. If you'd like to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email anytime at tradesecrets at travelweekly.com. Our theme song is Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod. Talk to y'all soon. <laughs>